Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Welcome to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. I am so happy you are joining me today. Today, we have a special guest, and she will be talking to us about how music affects the mind. Now, this particular guest is also a friend of mine from my Navy career, and we are Navy sisters. Um, Her name is Ophelia Basic Jepson, and she's done some studies in how music affects the brain and the mind and behavior. I'm so happy that she's here with us. First, I would like to thank Web Talk Radio for allowing me to have a platform to bring Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast to you. And of course, I would like to thank my producers, Mary Lou and Sam, for making Transition Awareness Podcast available to you wherever you are at. And I just want to remind you that the information that Phil and I will be talking about is purely for education and information purposes. If anything that we talk about triggers any kind of emotion or feelings that you feel like you need to talk to someone in a healthcare field, please call your doctor, call your healthcare professional. It's okay. And now, without further ado, my friend Phil. Thank you so much, Phil, for agreeing to come and be my guest on Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. Tell us a little bit about your background with music. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, Music has always been a part of my life since the day I was born, literally. Uh, My parents uh, put me into piano lessons when I was eight years old, and I was trained in the classical music. And I continued to to study piano until my college years. But I did not pursue a career in music. I pursued pursued a career in, in nursing, where I got my baccalaureate at the University of Maryland and eventually got my master's at the University of Connecticut. I spent 20 years in the Navy where, obviously, this is where I met Eartha. And um, post-retirement, I taught high school where I ran the nursing assistant program at Oak Harbor High School with an affiliation with Skagit Valley College. So with music in my nursing career, I utilize it in the beginning of my nursing career, not knowing it was really music therapy, but I use it more as an entertainment where um, we were invited to the nursing wards to play sing-alongs with the patients. And the first time we ever did it was during the holidays. So um, there was a reason why we were on board. But then after a while, when we would do these sing-alongs, the staff and the other patients would ask us to come back. So it became a weekly activity where we would do sing-alongs with the patients. And when we sat and and did these sing-alongs, we noticed 
some interesting phenomena that was going on while we, we spent an hour singing with our patients. And these sing-alongs involved us playing guitar, having ad-lib requests on what music, and, and, the, and I had a partner that uh, played with me. Her name was Debbie Henderson Addis, who eventually became a music therapist herself. Um, but we would play along, and, and these, the patients would just enjoy it. And it was a surgical ward. So, you know, in a surgical ward, patients are post-operative. They needed pain medications, and um, they needed to do breathing exercises so they didn't get post-op pneumonia. But when we were there, um, the staff noticed that they were giving less medications out for pain, that uh, we were distracting these patients by letting them sing and enjoy themselves um, and uh, and they didn't have to do a lot of patient care other than, than um, supervise what, you know, other patients that may have been uh, straight out of surgery. But these other patients who were well enough to sing along with us, they were having a good time and requesting very little pain medications during that time. So that was kind of the first phenomenon that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that uh, we uh, encountered with using music on the, in the patient care setting. And then, other staff members in the hospital, this was at Naval Medical Center San Diego where we did this. Um, the, the counselors at alcohol rehab at the, at the hospital um, heard what we were doing and they invited us to do some music uh, sessions with their um, patients on alcohol rehab. And their goal was mainly to trigger um, emotions and um, memories and um, that would, with their hope that they would um, get these patients to talk about themselves. And so they would give us um, a couple of uh, uh, play, uh, playlist requests um, to be able to trigger those. And at that time, um, I would play piano and Debbie would sing. And uh, we had a repertoire of music that was pretty wide. So we, 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 um, we had, um, quite a repertoire of music to play. And uh, we found that some of these songs triggered memories of sadness, happiness. Um, some patients, they never talked during the session, but they sat there and relaxed. And um, and it was okay if they fell asleep because that's a form of relaxation. Um, so we did that once a week with alcohol rehab. So that was the gist of um, what I did with my Navy career with music therapy, And then I had the opportunity of the Navy sending me to graduate school. And I was able to do my uh, master's in perioperative nursing at the University of Connecticut. And my my research there involved using music in the operating room setting. And some people may not know what perioperative means. Perioperative means the the three phases of the surgical experience, meaning pre-op, during surgery and post-op. So that, that's the patient care that's given during those three phases of surgery in um, nursing. Um, so I did my research um, using um, music in the operating room setting, and I, um, I uh, studied um, the effects of music on patients having uh, eye surgery under local anesthesia. So they had, um, they had sedatives um, um, 
given to them for the surgery, but they were not under general anesthesia. So I felt that, you know, if we could use music during this time, it could also help with the, the, um, the um, stress level and help them relax. And in a nutshell, mm-hmm. uh, my study found that um, it, it had an effect on blood pressure. It tends to decrease the their blood pressure during surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, it decreased the amount of pharmaceuticals used for sed- uh, sedation, mm-hmm. and it tend to slow down the respiration, the pulse rates. Then those are all things that you want to see when somebody is more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that had a positive effect on, on um, that study group that I did. Amazing. So. It seems that um, in your your early years when you were working with Debbie, uh-huh. you guys were kind of hypothesizing almost, you know, because you had something, which was music, and right. the patients on the surgical ward were responding positively. You know, they, they were right. not asking for pain medications, and they were participating, which um, as we spoke earlier, you know, they, they would breathe because, you know, you need to take a breath to breathe. Correct. Uh, to breathe, um, take a breath to sing, rather. And, um, and so all that was all good. And then when you did your playlist on the alcohol rehab unit, it, it stimulated um, different um, emotions so that that was part of their therapy. That's what the... the the, the, the patients did the patients ask you what music to play or was the music put in, in some kind of random um, hat and took a pull? How did that? How did that go? How did you well, know there, music? The, a lot of the music that was requested were through the counselors because they knew who the patients that they had and there were certain emotions they wanted to trigger from their their patients. So they gave us a playlist. Can you play this song and this song? And then everything else we just kind of filled in. Every once in a while, we'll get a request from the, a patient, but rarely it was mainly from the counselors that gave us that playlist because they were hoping to trigger some kind of memory or emotion out of um, particular patients in the group. And the group usually had about maybe six or seven people in it, so it was not a big group. So um, it was a more intimate knowing of the, the patients that were in that group in um, alcohol rehab. And so what about the patients that when you were doing your graduate work, did, did they have, did you have, did you do a playlist or did they uh, submit the music? How did that go? I just like, I actually had a playlist. I was, um, the, the playlist I had was, um, I was given permission by Helen Bonney and, she was one of the pioneers of music therapy, and I had gotten hold of her um, when I was um, uh, developing my research on there and asked permission to use her playlist. Mm-hmm. And um, she gave me four playlists. One was classical, one was easy listening, another one was soft country, and, um, and, and I gave the patients the choice of which playlist they wanted to, to listen to during surgery. So, so that's, that, that's the, and so the, and the playlist that she gave me, she had done research on as, as something that did have positive effects on patients. So it's not something 
where I just kind of put together randomly. I actually mm-hmm. used a playlist of songs that was already researched by uh, actual music therapists. Okay. And so did you find any difference as far as the types of music people played and their responses? Yes. I, mean, I, I know this is kind of technical, but we just want to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there, there's definitely a difference. Um, not everybody likes country. Not everybody likes um, classical. Not everybody likes, you know, certain genres of music that other people might like. Mm-hmm. So that certainly played into um, my results. Uh, for example, one patient had um, picked uh, the uh, classical music um, uh, genre, and in, in within the playlist were um, a, was a song that was opera, and responded very negatively to that particular song in the playlist. Although everything else was fine, uh, because uh, she found that the music sounded like a screeching cat. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. Which, you know, when you when we start talking about the elements of music um, that uh, play into what is uh, gives you a positive response, um, that certainly played into it because she didn't like the, the tone of the music. And um, it certainly was not um, one that uh, that was uh, music to her ears, you know, <laughs> at least. <laughs> so, but... Um, But studies have shown that when you listen to music that you prefer, the more positive effects you will get. Mm. So for me, if I listen to hard rock and acid rock, Mm -hmm. it just does not do me any good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's my personal preference. But, you know, I I can listen to almost anything except that type of music. Whereas somebody else, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas my son can listen to that and love it. And he would probably have the positive results, the, the, the reduction in blood pressure. And, uh, well, I don't, I don't know if he would get the reduction of blood pressure on that one. It might mm-hmm. give him the motivation and stimulation that is also positive, has positive uh, effects on that. You know, that's, that's a good point that how music, when you say a positive result, that is not always relaxation, but it may be motivating. Correct. Um, music tends, it, 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 it's shown by research that music stimulates the cerebellum. The cerebellum is the part of the brain that is crucial in motor control. Mm. And so between that communication with the cerebellum and mm. that communication with the limbic system, which is part of the brain system, which is associated with emotion, mm-hmm. um, that put together you know, provides, explains why, you know, when you listen to a really good upbeat song and then you all of a sudden want to dance because you're, you're, it's talking to your cerebellum, cerebellum, making Mm -hmm. you want to move. Whereas it's also talking to your limbic system, which is associated with emotion. And um, it starts um, um, transmitting the, the, people will know this as the feel-good hormone, dopamine, mm-hmm. and it makes you want to dance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of uh, how music kind of stimulates you. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and people have seen this also with um, when, when you do an exercise, um, uh, a group exercise class like Zumba or mm-hmm. aerobics and all that, you notice they always play music. 
Mm-hmm. And so when the music is playing, it stimulates you and it motivates you to move. There are times I've gone to Zumba class and go, I'm too tired to do this. And as soon as the music plays, I'm so stimulated, I could finish the routine, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, stimu- so the limbic uh, system, part of the brain, that deals with the emotions yes. and the um, motivation, that's the part of the brain. Right. Your, mm-hmm. your ability to think, your cognitive abilities, your mo- memories. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one of the main parts of the brain that kind of plays into you appreciating the music you listen to. And, and I, you know, with, with mindfulness in, in my reading and research, um, a, you know, drawing out, you know, what's positive emotions, you know, from the memories. And, and what's positive to me may not be positive to somebody else, but exactly. like, like music, you know. But exactly. it's, it's, it's the music that kind of helps. Maybe how can I uh, open up the channels, you know, because sometimes, okay. um, you know, with our lives being so busy and so flooded, especially in 2020, so much going on, it, it, it gets bogged down with so much stuff. And right. It seems like the music kind of, kind of uh, it's like opens up it triggers some of those positive exactly. positive um memories and emotions yeah and exa- it's it's if you listen all around you mm-hmm. um where you go in the malls where you go anywhere mm-hmm. there's music yeah. i mean very rarely do i drive my car without the radio on and i mm-hmm. and but all of that, even despite what kind of music you listen to, there's a lot of different elements of music which influences how you respond physiologically, how you respond emotionally to the music. Can you, talk, um, can you go on a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, some of the, the, the main elements that you look at is tempo. Tempo is the speed of the music. The slower the tempo and the more regular the beat – it tends to be more relaxing. The faster the tempo, the more stimulating it'll be, and it encourages motivation. And one good example of this is, um, and I'm pro- people have probably heard this, that when you're doing CPR on a patient, mm. listen to the music of staying alive and, and do your compressions to the beat of staying alive, mm-hmm. you know, from the Bee Gees. And mm-hmm. that gives you the tempo you need to, to do chest compressions, where mm-hmm. the slower tempo and the, the, the more regular the, the rhythms are, it can quiet your mind and relax your muscles, mm-hmm. okay? Another element of music is dynamics, which definitely is the volume. Um, the softer the music, the more relaxing, the louder the music, the more stimulating and um, motivating it can get. Mm-hmm. The other thing to consider is the melody line. The more simple it is, it'll be more soothing versus if it was dissonant. Dissonant meaning that these are, you know, music that has surprise notes coming in and that you can't anticipate what the next note would be. Mm-hmm. That can really kind of up your blood pressure versus decrease your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other um, other element of music is, uh, we've talked about this earlier, is the genre. Not all people like the same type of music. Mm-hmm. And... Um, some of the music that tends to promote relaxation includes soft rock, classical, not all, not all classical, but 
a lot of the, the, the quieter classicals, um, light jazz, soft instrumentals, and nature sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't think of nature sounds as music, but anyway. But that's, that's basically what that is. And then when you take all of these elements mm-hmm. and then you play that type of music in a therapeutic setting to address somebody's physical, emotional, their cognitive or social needs, that becomes music therapy. So I wonder, um, you know, you mentioned going into different stores and things like that and how music is all around us. I'm sure, you know, people who are into marketing know all about that part of marketing. When I, when I was in graduate school and um, marketing was, was, was part of my studies and you're, you are certainly right that the colors, the music, the smells, you know, all the senses and, and with, with relaxation and with mindfulness, um, all those senses are brought into the, 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 the whole experience, the whole episode in practicing mindfulness and relaxation and maybe I could go and and uh, go back in a memory when we used to teach childbirth classes you know remember those days oh yeah <laughs> and how important it was for the you know the couple the, the to bring in whatever music they liked whatever you know it's, it's not about me and that's one thing you know as healthcare professionals right when 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 we're caring for um our patients, you know, to be cognizant and aware of that, what, what, what's relaxing to that, that person. Right. And I think that goes beyond, you know, the healthcare field when we're talking about showing gratitude and kindness and compassion to other people is, is to be aware that um, whatever is relaxing to that person is, is relaxing to that person, you know, and not be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And then going back on that, those childbirth classes we used to teach together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if some of the music that, you know, they would play and we would tell them to breathe in a rhythm. Yeah. And a lot of times they can stay in that rhythm if they're breathing to a music that was within that rhythm, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, when a contraction came and they had to breathe in that rhythm to, to distract them and get their mind off of the, the pain of the contraction, mm-hmm. it seemed to help better if they had music to help them stay in that rhythm. So It's very powerful. It's amazing how music is used in so many different ways, you know. And, exactly. Um, you know, I, I, like I was telling you, I teach um, children, and it is so awesome, Phil, when I play music. You know, I had to work, work on different crafts and different projects. And like last year, when we were meeting face-to-face, uh, one time I, I didn't have any music. And they did pretty good. I mean, there was a lot of distractions, and it was okay, you know. But when I played the music, they were right on target with completing their tasks. Right. And so exactly. I asked them, uh-huh, I said, I asked, I said, so what, like when we do our crafts time, do you like it with the music or without the music? And, Everybody said with the music. They said it was, when I didn't have the music on, they said it was too quiet. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I can attest to, when I was teaching high school at Oak Harbor High School, 
and we would have desk work to do, mm-hmm. um, I would actually allow my music, my students to um, listen to music on their, their cell phones always. I mean, in today's technology, they had their portable music mm-hmm. <laughs> playlists mm-hmm. on their phones right. as long as it was on their earphones. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be more productive mm-hmm. um, when we, and, and, uh, and they, they loved it when I let, let them listen to their music while they worked. That's, and it, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's definitely part of that, that um, thing um, where I was talking about music being a motivator. And if you notice in workplaces, sometimes there's background music. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's there for a reason, not yeah. for, for, you know, just to have it. It's there to motivate the workers. So well, I think as we kind of bring this to a close, and I'm so, so happy that you, you took time out of your busy time and, and join me is, is the creativity that all professions can use music, the education profession, the uh, medical profession, you know, of course, marketing has, has been using music <laughs> for a long time. But you right. know, as, as we're entering 2021, 20, a whole lot of new things are going to be going on. And I just right. hope that, uh, you know, we all can be open to doing things a little bit differently and, and to include music if it works for some people, right? Exactly. So what, what, exactly. What, what would you like to, to you have any closing words as we bring our session to a close? What would you like to leave our audience with as far as any closing words? Well, um, one thing is that the presence of music in our everyday lives is there. It's either in the therapeutic or the personal setting, it can have so many positive effects on our life. Um, and the beauty of music is that it is a universal language that can be appreciated through me, throughout many cultures. So it's not something that you have to worry about understanding um, because of language barriers. There is no language barrier in music. And that's the beauty of it. That's great. Thank you so much, Phil. And um, just going to thank my listeners. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. And I look forward to um, talking to you again next time. Have a great day. Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness, awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com.